Welcome to Analog Stick, a PlayStation 2 podcast, the podcast where every month we do a deep dive on one PS2 game. We cover the game's development, discuss its legacy, as well as share our thoughts and opinions on the game through a modern lens. You can find us on podcast platforms as Analog Stick, as well as a video version of our podcast on our YouTube channel, Joystick. I'm your host, Clayton, joined as always by my co-host, Morgan, who's recovering from a very tragic and severe spinal cord injury as a result of an ATV-related accident over the weekend. Morgan, how are you holding up? I can't feel my legs. You should have you should have adhered to the uh, do not attempt to replicate this in real life warning at the beginning of the game. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And that's why precisely why I decided to um, get I made the conscious decision to get into an ATV accident just to see what it would be like. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that this was part of the intro. Um, but my, one of my cousins actually did get in a real ATV accident and, um, nearly died and had an out of body experience. Where, where we are from ATV or as we like to call them, four wheeler accidents are a plenty. They're just very dangerous vehicles. Right. Yeah. It's ATV accidents and some sort of like farm equipment tragedy, I feel like. Yeah. Or like, you know, drunk driving, which I feel like that's pretty. And God forbid you turn an ATV into some sort of farm equipment. That's just like doubling your chances. (laughs) Doubling the risk of something (laughs) awful happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, what was I going to, I don't Never mind. I'm not going to go anywhere insensitive with that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I didn't want to be too mean because it's like, it's legitimately something that we've had to deal with. Right, yeah, this has hit close to home, right. (laughs) I always love the uh, do not attempt to, like, replicate this at the beginning of, you know, like, real life or sports games. Because it's like, yeah, I get it. I mean, it may have very well been, like, an actual... It's probably covering their bases for just, like, every region. But I like to assume that there was some sort of court case where someone replicated, I don't know, Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, you didn't put the warning in the thing. So how were they supposed to know not to do how it? How am I supposed yeah. to know? <laughs> right. I thought this was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> right. With these obvious like PlayStation 2 textures and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, what you been up to this week? This month? Sorry. Well, I was going to say... Um, <laughs> Wedding preparations. I'm getting married in less than 30 days. This is being recorded on August 27th. So, yeah, my wedding is less than a month away. Real quick on the wedding thing. Yeah. You know the whole, like, uh, if it, are you going to have the thing where if anyone objects to this holy union... I don't think so. Please please stand now or forever hold your peace. I don't... I don't do, do most people even say that anymore? I feel like that's just been kind of tossed out of, I, like... Th- I don't think my wedding had it. But I always wanted to like be at a wedding or like witness a recording of a real wedding where someone actually had something to say at that moment. Because oh, that feels, honestly, if I was there, I'd probably melt into a puddle of just like, I would cringe so hard. I would turn disintegrate. Into a puddle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, I, if it was like, I don't know how you could like make it comical like i i I just think you'd give everybody a heart attack if you like stood up and did anything that was like i don't know what if you were what if you were marrying a twin and you had the other twin up there on stage and the real the real person you were actually going to marry was in the audience and then they objective i don't know that wouldn't be that funny though that would (laughs) just well yeah i don't know i i feel like if i was like the bride in the situation or like the the person that the plank was the the plank the prank was being played on i'd be like um hey what the heck <laughs> like, this is married? like an important yeah this is an important part of our lives and you're just like jason we're not doing this today you're right we're not doing this today <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, so I've uh, been uh, doing some wedding wedding preparations. They're, honestly, I say that, but like I haven't really been doing all that much. Like it's oh, just yeah. like, hey, has everybody RSVP'd? Okay, cool. And like my wedding is going to be like a pretty laid back thing. Even even though I assume it's very stressful. Kind of. I don't know. I've 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 tried to keep it as simple as possible. Like okay, you know, like I have eliminated. Uh, things that I know would stress me out. Like there, there will be no DJ because I cannot handle someone yelling at me <laughs> over a microphone or, you know, God forbid they pull a switcheroo at the last second and it's some dude I've never met before. Not that that ever happened to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I don't know. I like, I understand. I don't know. I have not been to a wedding without a DJ yet, so I don't know. Oh, see my, what that vibe is like. My um, cousin's, didn't have like dancing or anything at their receptions. So there was like no need for a DJ. Actually, um, none of them had music at their receptions either, which I'm going to have like background music, you know, but there's no alcohol and stuff like that. So there's not going to be any like drunk people wanting to go out there and do who knows what. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's going to, which of our friends is going to have like a crazy wedding? Cause that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't, I mean, I Gavin's Cody's would be pretty lit. I gotta be real. Yeah, Gavin's is like <laughs> chill. Yeah, Gavin's was nice. Yeah. Gavin's felt adult. It didn't feel necessarily uh like too toned back. It just felt there was level headed, like I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was there very were people like hooking up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Up. It wasn't yeah. Yeah. And there was no like I mean there were some like loud drunk people, but they weren't like out of hand. Like there wasn't. Yeah, that's I don't know. that's that's familiar. I don't I don't know who would have the craziest wedding. I mean, I could see, I could see Zach like Aww. getting out on the dance floor and just going like wild. Just Zach because would need, that's like, a couple different. He would need his dance clothes. Like he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him getting very sweaty. Um, oh yeah, like <laughs> he would not leave the dance floor. I'm assuming. No, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I, I don't know who would have the craziest Scott. Scott would be pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. But that's like that's like such a default answer. Who's that's gonna true. have the craziest anything? Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's the best answer I can come up with. I, I mean, because we've been to out of our friend group. Were you at any weddings that I wasn't in as well? Or I mean, like other than family, I guess. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, the yeah family members, but like I said, those were like super tame. Yeah, I've only been in my entire life. I've been at my aunt's wedding when I was like 10, then my own wedding, <laughs> and then Gavin's wedding, and then I will be in your wedding. So right. very like a limited pool of like examples to pull from. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's not too many. I mean, I've been to like distant, well, I've been to like cousins' weddings. Like there's a lot of cousins on my, well, actually on both sides of my family there's i'm like one of the younger cousins so i've been a lot to a lot of the older cousins weddings and i was in one of my cousins weddings i was a junior bridesmaid because i was too young to be i guess a, a normal bridesmaid. yeah i was too young to be a normal <laughs> bridesmaid so yeah i had like a, so you couldn't come to the bachelorette parties i, I assume no, that, that basically i was means. a 12 year old child yeah <laughs> yeah that was not gonna happen but yeah uh but other than the wedding prep you were here I was there. Yeah. At Sage's, Which leads into another point. Right. Yeah. At Sage's apartment. And we watched uh, Twilight Zone. And that was the only other thing of note I had. Yeah. Um, That's the only two things that have happened this month. Right. Yeah. Wedding and Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. Twilight Zone was a banger. I mean, I came into town for a, uh, a wrist surgery. I uh, had a cyst removed on my right wrist. Well, two, right? They I had two removed. Like, yeah, conjoined yeah. 
twins or something. Yeah, conjoined twins. Yeah, and so that was fun. I mean, like, because, I don't know, they were, like, large enough to be annoying, but not, like, constant pain. It was kind of just, like, I couldn't bend my wrist back as far, and I couldn't, like, push things and stuff like that. So limited in its annoyance, but I don't know. I really wanted it gone for that reason, and uh, other methods of removing it weren't working, so surgery was what happened and uh i'm recovering it's weird my whole arm was like numb for a couple days Uh, i'm starting to like be able to grip things again which is weird i haven't been able to like hold a controller like use a use a computer properly for a while now but it's slowly getting better it is weird because it's like i mean it is like a wound on my hand (laughs) that i just like signed up to get and it's just i don't know i haven't had like I haven't really ever had like a surgery before this. Like the closest thing I've had to a surgery is getting my wisdom teeth out because I was just under anesthesia for it. So, yeah, I can't believe you've never been under anesthesia. No. Um, for like anything. No, they I I also had a cyst removed, but they just did like local like they just stabbed a needle in it and made it go numb. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah. then for my I had one wisdom tooth that I got taken out because it was impacted because my mother never uh, took me to just get them taken out. <laughs> so they all came in. But yeah, and for that, they were like, well, do you want to go under? And I didn't have dental insurance. And I was like, I mean, probably, because I didn't know like how upsetting it would be to have a tooth like yanked out of my mouth while I was awake. Uh, yeah. And they were like, oh, that'll be an extra $800. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to be awake. Yeah. Um, cause it's fe- like getting them all out. I think it's like an hour or something for, or it was oh, for, for me, I think. For me, it took like all of like 10 minutes. Like, I think mine were like pretty deep and it was all four. Uh, so I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, like I said, mine had already grown and were like out. And so they, um, they just like injected some stuff into my gums, um, and made that like side of my mouth numb. And then they just, he just like went in there and like ripped it out and I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel it, but it was like a freaky like sensation to have you know, somebody like pull your tooth out and you can feel it like kind of like cracking around in there. That was oh. not great. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I, anything in my, like the whole, the only reason that I'm able to tolerate the wrist thing is because it's all the way out here. Like it's not my head, my right. face or my mouth. Yeah. I yeah. Imagine. And like, it, like I said, I wasn't in like any sort of pain or anything, but like after he pulled it out and I sat up, like I almost teared up a little bit just because I was like, he pulled it out of my head. Like, I don't know. There's just like a little bit of like a tiny bit of fear. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any to, sense. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to, Claire doesn't really listen to the podcast, but if she does, I'm going to have to make a, make a note that she cannot listen to this. Right. Uh, make a timestamp and be like anything between these two. Don't. Because <laughs> you might fall skip, over. And, yeah. Skip like yeah. 40 minutes into where we actually talk about Right, the right, right. Because um, that's how it's been going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, like, I don't know, like, how other people react to, like, being put under, like, that point where you just, like, start to fall asleep and, like, how you talk to other people. Because the two times that I have been um, under anesthesia, I have been really uh, nice, is what I've been told, and grateful. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I just kept being like, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is funny, yeah. I guess. I was always terrified of going under or like, you know, getting put in that state and saying something that I shouldn't, you know, or, or just like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't know, turning into like a, a potty mouth in front of my parents or something. Just like, yeah. Just because I, you know, I don't know. I cuss a lot in my own head. Uh, well, not so much out loud, but. That's my thought is like, I've like, I don't think I would just say anything I thought. I kind of feel like if I don't normally say this or I've never I've never even said this thing, I probably wouldn't say it when I'm under anesthesia. Right. Right. Well, that's right. yeah, that's where, where I get paranoid about it, because like that's also what I want to think. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know either. I, apparently, whenever like because I had my dad like drive me to and from. Apparently, whenever he came back in the room, I was just like, hey, dad, thank you so much for taking me out here. Thank you. That's, that's so nice. That's so nice of you. <laughs> thank you so much. So, yeah, oh, maybe, well, that's maybe, nice. I should, maybe I should always be under anesthesia. I assume it was like, I don't know. I feel like from a parent's perspective, it's kind of nice to see your grown child kind of revert back to being like a very dependent. Yeah. Like mushy brained. <laughs> Very affectionate big baby. Yeah, big yeah. baby. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I basically turn into a two-year-old when right. I'm under anesthesia. A very it's grateful basically. two-year-old. Yeah. And yeah, while I was there, while I was back in town, we watched Twilight Zone, which has been great. I got I got the complete box set for my birthday, which is just the best thing I could have ever... I didn't ask for it, but I'm glad I was given to me. Yeah. I was under the impression that it was like super expensive. So I just didn't even like, cause I don't I don't know if there's like a reasonable place. There, it's on Amazon, but like the price has fluctuated a lot. Oh, so weird. I think whenever I looked at it, it was like seventy dollars, and I was like, I guess I'll never have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was taken off Netflix and put onto Paramount, so it's just gone forever. Uh, until now, I have everything, including season four, which is apparently They're, it wasn't on it's Netflix. A bad one, and, right? I guess it was bad, but I still want to see it. Yeah. But yeah. It's so good. I just love it. It's so like comforting and uncomforting at the same time. Right. Well, the thing that was cracking me up when we were watching it is like you don't realize how much stuff in like modern media and storytelling is based off of or like a callback to this show. Yeah. So like as we were watching it, we were making jokes about like, oh, this thing is going to happen next. And then it did. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> Like, yeah, I guess I guess it's like it's predictable, but not in a bad way. Yeah, like it was probably very formative for like storytelling conventions and just like tropes and stuff like that. At least that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, because uh, it was 50s era, um, and I I have to assume that like this show was not as predictable to like a uh, 1950s audience as it is to us, like. There's there's very, very rarely a surprise watching this, like as a as like, you know, 70 years later. Right, uh, right. Just because, yeah, there's been so many like references as well as just like other creators just being inspired by this series in general that, yeah, it's just it feels familiar, even though I've never seen it. Right. And I love um, I know that we've like talked about this in private before, but it really it's interesting how much it plays off of like the fear of the unknowns of space and like space yeah, travel and its that effect. Part is so cool. Yeah, its effect on humans because it, it was made before like we got we there. We went to the moon. Yeah. yeah. And so to see that like those that uncertainty and you know that those sort of like fears and, and, and like the what ifs like played out 
in their entertainment is just really fascinating. Because mm-hmm. that is like 90% of the episodes, it feels like. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. It's all related to space travel. Right. Or it's like, I would say like 60% space travel, 20% supernatural Yeah, yeah. thingies. That sounds about right. And then, you know, 40% bad math. Um, <laughs> but uh, other than Twilight Zone, me and my wife have been watching a Korean drama uh extraordinary attorney woo which is about an attorney with autism in korea uh and it's been it's been great (laughs) highly recommend it i don't have like too much to say about it but it kind of feels like a real life anime oh amazing (laughs) so yeah it's fun it's like a it's like a phoenix Wright, but if um, but if he was korean and autistic if he was korean and autistic all right (laughs) Uh, I built another keyboard, which is something that I will probably do yearly uh, at this rate. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, it's all purple. I don't know if I've sent you a picture yet. It's all purple. It's really I think nice. you did. And I yeah, I remember it being very purple. I put in a little Gengar uh, yes. keycap. Stands up a little bit. You know, what, let me let me hit the audience with a little typing test. Let me. Uh, let me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just seeing letters appear on the screen and I can't hear any of it, which is really funny. <laughs> well, you'll hear it in you'll hear it in the actual episode. <laughs> okay, that's good, because I didn't get a lick of it. Let me tell you, though, it sounded fantastic. Okay, um, I'll, I'll have to believe you. Yeah, I have no choice. I think, the, I think the goal of every custom keyboard build is to get a keyboard that sounds kind of like the, uh, like, in the Lego games, whenever you like oh, hold yeah. X to like build, and it's like and it makes the yeah the clickety clack yeah that's what you want right I think <laughs> that's what I would want. Uh, last thing that I've been up to this month is I've been revamping the office. We now have like a his and hers kind of desk. It's super long and fits better in the space. Oh, that's so where, like, cute. I don't think I've sent you a picture. No, I haven't seen that. I didn't know you had a, a big long desk. Now I organized all of her books into like a rainbow, which just like sits off. T- to the side of the desk and that's been pretty fun it's like a nice big bit of color as you come in yeah okay i have not taken a recent picture i took a picture of us like moving it together and oh. it was all jank but yeah it's not totally finished i still want to make like a couple changes but it's uh it's been nice having a desk that like actually fits <laughs> in our tiny office yeah yeah you know? uh and then i've been just like messing around with my crt i don't think i've sent you a picture of my crt card either nope but I have not seen that. It's a big old industrial metal cart <laughs> that okay. houses my CRT and then like every, you know, console that I would want displayed on a CRT. Huh. I've just gone back and acquired from my parents my Xbox 360 and PS3. Or I already had that one here. Never mind. But I'm planning on hooking those up to the CRT cart as well because oh, I'm just curious. yeah. Like, how's like... Because it's slightly more modern. That was whenever we started to move to HD. I played most of all of my 360 games on a regular HD TV. So I'm kind of curious, like, how it's going to look going back that far. Like, even, like, later stuff. Like, what if I play, like, GTA V on a C... Like, I don't know. What's it look like? I know there was a point where the assumption was made by the developers that you were playing it on an HD TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was, I think, like, Dead Rising 
was like the turning point because I remember there was like talk about how the text was too small and unreadable whenever you played like, you know, standard definition oh. that it was kind of like required that you play on an HD TV to actually to, read to any of the text it, yeah. in the game. Yeah. But I'm curious. I've heard a lot of people say that this generation is still very fun to play on CRT. So interesting. Okay. Could be. Could yeah. be fun. Probably I'll be getting that set up once my hands function again. Yeah, I was gonna say check it out when you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what what about video games? What video games have you been playing? Um, still playing Stardew Valley. Uh, I got to the point. I don't remember if I talked about this last month at all, but I got to the point where my character has a child. I decorated my house. Grandpa's ghost came back. So I'm on like year three of the farm. And he was like, I'm proud of you. And then his grave caught on fire or whatever, like it does. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just been uh, farming um, star fruit in my greenhouse and still have not been able to brave uh skull caverns every time i go in there i just get my ass kicked and so i've that's progress in, in there has slowed down quite a lot um i also briefly briefly checked out a uh, cult of the lamb because i heard good things i've been meaning to check this out as well um i've heard that it's very buggy currently so i'm, I'm just yes gonna wait. also my hand doesn't work that well too. yeah yeah that's a yeah the bugs were that was a big reason why sage stopped playing it's not like because it's a bad game or anything it's actually pretty fun and there's like it seems to have like a decent amount amount of thought in like the combat and the items kind of like in um binding of isaac um mm-hmm. but it also has like settlement management kind of like kind of reminiscent of stardew valley kind of reminiscent of animal crossing and i like settlement management a lot so i thought i would give it a try um but then i died in dungeon and just quit so because <laughs> like it took away like 30 percent of my resources and i was like eh, mm. all right i'll probably come back to this later um, i anticipate that whenever i play this game i'm just gonna end up going to play hades again like yeah it looks very similar and I'm not sure. Sh- I, I feel like playing it will be like, oh, make, it'll make me think like, oh, man, Hades was so good. Yeah. And then you'll I like, should play that again. <laughs> you'll relapse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, that game is so good. You need to play that. I, if you yes. if you played a little bit of this, you got to play some Hades. Okay. I Maybe someday when I, you know, I can only, I don't know. I have a weird um, amount of focus that cannot be uh, directed to multiple things at once. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I um, went back to my Fallout New Vegas playthrough and I beat Dead Money for the first time ever. Um, really? Yeah, I've never uh, I've never done the Dead Money DLC or the Lonesome Road DLC. Okay, I fall into this. I there's certain games that I love and I've just never done like. Yeah, you've never done like huge parts DLC of DLC or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It was actually fun. Like I feel like that DLC gets a lot of flack for sort of like some of the cruel mechanics in it like there's like a a mechanic where you know like you have your um the radios and they make your your character is like trapped with this like bomb collar around their neck and if you stay too close to a radio that's powered on for too long your head explodes and you die um and that's pretty metal it's understandably frustrating but you know what (laughs) it didn't like ever cause me too many problems so i've had like a decent amount of time didn't cause you too many headaches yeah yeah you're, you're right you're right 
Um, (laughs) But I definitely cheated. And um, the the big gimmick of that DLC, the theme of it is letting go. And so at the end of the DLC, you get into this big vault and it has all these gold bars that you can't possibly carry out and like escape the vault. But there's a way to cheese it and like kind of cheat and get all the gold bars. And oh, that's so good. (laughs) You know, I did that. So (laughs) I was going to say there was like a similar I think like a vault in uh, like the original Borderlands that was, I think, kind of like that, where there's just like so much crap. And it was like, oh, you only have one. You can only go in here once. So sad. Uh, And then you could just like cheese and get back in there a bunch of times. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, But yeah, I uh, started another Skyrim playthrough. I have so many, probably a thousand, maybe 2,000 hours in that game. I don't know. And I started... Mm -hmm a playthrough um, as a mage where I am intentionally not leveling up my HP and just making myself like a glass cannon. And I think it might be the best way to play the game. Like I've been Mm. having so much fun with it. I recently had an epiphany with Skyrim. Yeah. I was listening to uh, one of, one of the podcasts I like to listen to is called old gamers almanac. And it's, it's a little like this show where they play one game every show and then like, you know, discuss it. Uh, But it's just, like all games ever it's not limited to a specific system and they just did skyrim and one of the guests they had on talked about how she liked to play the game like only putting skills into like lock picking and stealth and then just like roaming around the world stealing things and i'm like that sounds i think i okay it just occurred to me that you could like play this game radically differently if you wanted like you don't have to be like a combative person necessarily Right. Well, also, so as so like with my current playthrough, I also have um, like some sort of like warrior companion with me who I like will let run out in front of me and like tank all the damage for me because my mm. character has so low HP. And I have like certain spells that are focused on like buffing them and healing them so that I it's like it's like they're the main character and I'm just the support character for them. You know, right. like I do all the loot and the crafting and like give them like better armor and stuff like that. It's a really interesting and fun way to play. I think. Mm. I think my issue is like every time I would try to play Skyrim, I would try to do everything instead of specializing in like one thing. So I just kind of got to do a, I only like made it like a little bit of the way into like each skill tree. And I never really got to see some of the more like fun perks and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that like conjuration is one of the most, one of the yeah, most like fun. Those, those weird magic like classes. That, yeah, that sounds yeah. fun. I would recommend it, but you know, Skyrim yeah, is also a big time commitment. So <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, maybe, maybe Elder Scrolls six when that comes out. Huh, if that comes out, you know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> Sorry. I, mean, I just probably, hiccuped. <laughs> I, I like to think that, you know, Bethesda won't completely implode by the, you know, it'll, it'll we're getting Elder Scrolls Six, right? Oh well, Starfield, how could that not happen? Starfield's probably going to come out first. Oh yeah, it is. Like yeah, I, I don't yeah. think Elder Scrolls Six is any further than just like the JPEG development. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a JPEG. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, most, I mean, like I haven't played too much, even like before I got my wrist surgery. Um, but I did play some Celeste, and similar to your Fallout New Vegas thing. Celeste is a game that I consider to be like, <laughs> like on a 10 point scale, it would be a 10. Uh, but that's really just because I love 
chapters one through seven, which is the main game, so much that like I just play those chapters over and over again. Oh, you don't even okay. Interesting. I've I've, I've dove into like the harder B side and C side stuff, but I've never done all of it. I just I like every time I play, I just do the main story from start to finish and it's just like man that's a perfect game right there and i don't i don't go too much further but i've been trying to go into like the extra stuff um i think that i would like to get the platinum on playstation which is very easy because you can get the platinum by turning on the assist mode yeah but i want to get it normal yeah just to make things difficult for myself so yeah once my hand recovers I'll jump back into intense platforming. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Speaking of intense platforming, how about we get into our game, which is definitely not a platformer. It's intense platforming in a way. You make yeah, jumps. It's yeah. all about jumping. But you can't really miss. I mean, the platform is the ground. You know, you like could, you, can... you could fall off. You could hit a tree. I guess you're right. You could land sideways or something. Yeah. But yeah, today we are discussing ATV Off-Road Fury, the first in a series of four PlayStation 2 exclusive ATV racing games. This entry was developed by Rainbow Studios and published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Um, upon its release, ATV Off-Road Fury was met with a resounding good amongst critics, uh, currently sitting at a 82 on Metacritic. I couldn't find concrete sales data on this game, but I saw estimated numbers in the range of 1.7 to 1.9 million, um, which... At this time in gaming, anything in that range is a major success. Um, I mean, that's still a major success today, even though there's more gamers. More gamers. <laughs> okay, we're a growing more gamers, population. More people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're the number one growing population. All right, right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's gamers. Um, yeah, I so I saw um, it didn't have like any specific data that I or like concrete data that I can remember but I saw mm-hmm. this random ranking that was I think it was like on some website that someone had captured in like the Wayback Machine there's like a link yep. to it on Wikipedia um, it's the top it's the top link in the references page yeah at the bottom yes so. and it has um a ranking of the most successful games for like at the time the list was compiled which i think was probably around 2002 to 2004 based on like the other games that were on the list um mm-hmm. and it was number 20 which i mean is pretty uh pretty far up there all mm-hmm. things considered i was interested in the games that were above it i took a peek and i saw that well Jack and Daxter. Yeah, Jack and Daxter 19, was up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 19 on the list. Um, Tony Hawk, 13. Uh, a lot of Nintendo games yes. were higher up. Even though the GameCube did not sell as well, Nintendo notoriously has a very high n- attachment rate with a lot of its software. Like, everyone who bought this system is buying it for these games. So, of course, these sell incredibly well. Right. Um, but also, like, Final Fantasy X was number 11. Uh, Kingdom yeah. Hearts was number seven. Yes. <laughs> like, which makes sense. I mean, that's like got, you know, it's got Goofy in it. Well, but. yeah, it's got, I was going to say, it's got, <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mouse is in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Number one is uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which makes sense. Yeah, I was not surprised by that mm-hmm. at all. But yeah, very, uh, very interesting to see what, what else was on this list for. Let me check what the date range was yeah i just sort of guessed 2002 to 2004 because like most of the things on there i knew came out in 2002 uh i 
think it's, I want to say it's 2006 is like the end cap. Oh, really? Huh. Maybe it's 2004. It was updated on July 2006, which is why. I remember uh, Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper were also on there and that made me very happy. So yeah, solid, uh, solid list of numbers if anyone's interested. <laughs> so do you want to talk about uh, Rainbow Studios a little bit? Yeah, I'm just scrolling up with my weak, my weak ass hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this uh, this game was developed by Rainbow Studios. Uh, Rainbow Studios was a prolific developer of racing and sports games during the PS2 era. They would go on to develop multiple games in the MX versus ATV series, which I don't know if you realized. That's what this like. I didn't realize that until looking into it. I was assuming that that was just some other eight like. I thought MX yeah. versus ATV was its own thing. It wasn't like a crossover between MX, you know, motocross, whatever, and then ATV Off-Road Fury. I did not realize that. But that's interesting. It's, yeah. It's a very weird cross. I don't know. Because it's, it's just two vehicles. It's not like... <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, they developed the... Uh, not, not every game in the ATV Off-Road Fury series or the MX versus ATV series, but a lot of them uh and star wars racers revenge uh they did matt hoffman's pro bmx 2 uh as well as the ultimate racing video game disney pixar's cars oh snap so yeah they've they've definitely um they've, they've been working on some heavy hitters just some background information on rainbow studios as a developer uh in january of 2002 they were acquired by thq and then in 2005 uh the founder Earl Jared, which is a fun, you know, two, two first names. Yeah, I was going to say two first names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like a handful of employees would leave to go found another studio, 2XL Games. I'm not familiar with anything that they've developed off the top of my head. But uh, later in 2008, there was another exodus from the studio where uh, three more veterans would leave to go find another studio. Uh, or found another studio. They didn't discover it. They, <laughs> yeah, they, I was found... Gonna say, they found it like in the South American jungle. <laughs> it's like yeah. some forgotten temple. Like, oh my God, I found a decrepit video game development studio right. in South America. But yeah, so um, there was a lot of people leaving, uh, you know, in the period of time after this game was released. Uh, and then eventually, after like multiple rounds of layoffs, it was rebranded and then ultimately shut down in 2011. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, rest in peace. But like many of these like sort of middle tier uh, games, IPs and development studios, it was purchased by um, Nordic Games at the time, now known as THQ Nordic, and revitalized. They brought back both Rainbow Studios as well as the MX vs. ATV franchise and according to my sources, it's in the same location with a lot of the same people, or, you know, some of the same people. Uh, and the MX vs. ATV series is still going. The most recent release was actually in June of this year. So, huh. yeah, I, di I didn't realize any of this. Uh, <laughs> like, I didn't realize that this was, like, originally two separate series that were eventually, you know, converged into one you know, racing game crossover. Yeah, that's something that I don't think really happens <laughs> in no, like video yeah. games very often, right? It's pretty cool. Like the fact that it was, you know, shut down and now is like kind of revitalized under the same name is like making, working on the same franchise. It's cool. Yeah. Like they're located in uh, Phoenix, 
Arizona, which is cool. Oh, okay. Seek game developers like outside of California, I think. It's also thematic um, because, you know, Phoenix rising again from the oh, ashes. Right. That's, it was I a, thought you were going to say just Phoenix, Arizona is a little dusty and this game is a little no, dusty. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was, it was prophetic. It was um, You're right. fate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they re they renamed them before uh, before the original THQ shut them down. They renamed them Digital Studios Phoenix. But like so. probably for the location and not the implication that they would always rise again from the ashes. I'm assuming, right? I don't know. Okay, you know, God's plan. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? <laughs> because you know, God and phoenixes exist in the anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like in the same space, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a it's cool like you know redemption i don't know the games are the games they make now aren't necessarily that well received so i don't oh, want to call it a redemption <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but just like it's cool that like these games still exist i've watched a yeah. couple videos of like people who love this series and it is like yeah there's there's an audience for like this type of uh racing game well yeah because you can uh, have fun on an atv without you know the threat of like breaking your back dying. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the risk of death is not as prevalent right but from what i gathered just you know brief little google or youtube search looking for people who you know review these games and talk about these games it seems like more people are interested in them from like the motocross angle rather than the atv angle so there's that well, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. What's cool motocross? That's like the two, like the like the bikes, right? Not the yeah. Okay, I was gonna say honestly, what's cooler though, like a four wheeler <laughs> or, or a bike? I think yeah, I would pick a bike. Four wheelers are inherently a little uncool. Yeah, I was gonna you say know, they're a little maybe they're dopey. fun to ride around on. Yeah, yeah, but it's like I don't know. It wouldn't be my first choice in like some sort of apocalypse or something like that. That's the only situation I can see myself riding one of these things. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but I did jump into, I think, I believe it was MX versus ATV all out, which is on like the PS4, PS5, uh, Xbox one, whatever. And it had like an open world component to it. Uh, I didn't make it too far because my hand didn't work, Right. but <laughs> I was like using, using my like palm as like the throttle. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't really play the game, but it was uh I mean it it looked like a, you know, like a modern rendition of these PS2 versions of, you know, or PS2 entries in the series, so Okay. They've stayed faithful to some extent. Yeah. So that just reminded me, and this is going to go into the next topic, which is like what is our history with this game? So, um my history, it's not so I played a ton of ATV Off-Road Fury 2. Um, yes. And I got it as a hand-me-down from my cousin who was like cleaning out some PS2 games he didn't want anymore. And that was one of them. Mm -hmm. I think he had he had two copies of it somehow. And I got one of them, I think. I think that's what happened. Interesting. But he also had that PS2 controller that is like a steering wheel. Like I got to see this. It's like um, it was like a it had like its own like little like stand thing. And you would like put your legs on either side of it to like hold it down, but you had basically like a steering wheel like up, mm. like in front of you, and you know it had like the buttons on the face of the steering wheel and stuff. And I did remember it come with pedals as well. No, or was it? It did okay. not. It didn't have pedals. No, it was just the steering wheel. Um, but I played the game a lot with that steering wheel, and I just remembered that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. So that would that would work, right? I mean, it wasn't like yeah. 
Well, okay. no, wait. There was an issue where, so you know the thing where you have to like flick the left analog stick to like get momentum for a jump? Right. Yeah, yeah. that was a problem. You couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that make, you can't. You can't just like do a sharp turn and then another sharp turn or something. But yeah. Right. Um, which I mean, I was a child and I didn't even realize that that was something I could do in the game to begin with, because mm. at least in the second game, the tutorial is like weirdly hidden from you. Um, mm. so I yeah. didn't, yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing. Did you play the tutorial in this game by chance? No, I didn't. I didn't oh, because I already knew how it worked. Yeah. I, it was pretty fun to like, just like the narrator and everything. It was like, man, this is, this is early 2000s. It's was, like, was it just some guy? ATV. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Off-road fury. But it's like none of the fanfare. It's like you're just sitting in a track. Like you can't move yet. And there's this guy like screaming at you. Like, yeah. That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of steering wheels. I assume most of them were for um car-based racing games. Yes. <laughs> That's uh <laughs> considering ATVs don't have a steering wheel, they have <laughs> they, they handles, don't. but <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It'd be fun to like have like a steering wheel for certain racing games because I'm I'm a I'm very I'm a casual racing game enjoyer. I'm not like super into it. I don't understand many things about cars, but I'm like it'd be fun to play this with a wheel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just can't see myself housing a wheel. You know what I mean? Because it's like I'll use it once and it'll just like sit in my closet. It's just like, right. Well, that's that's what I also did with the wheel. Is I'm pretty sure it's at my dad's house somewhere. Like it that this was like the only game it could like oh, sort yeah. of work with. So. Because you've held on to your PS2 collection. Yes, I do. Could, uh, I have. We should bust out that wheel. Try to like, <laughs> we could do Marvel versus Capcom. I will use the uh, Guitar Hero. Okay, yeah, guitar, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you use the steering wheel and we just see who wins. I'm sure that would go over so well. Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. Uh, my history with the game is, you know, similar to you in that I played the second game way more than this game i believe that it was a pack-in with our ps2 i'm not okay. like positive i just know that we had the not for resale version oh so i i kind of assumed that it was a pack-in with our ps2 unless we've like bought it from a GameStop or something like that uh but yeah definitely more familiar with the second game uh we did own the first game but you know always gravitated to that big old number two that's it for me uh how much did you play for this episode um, I, this was a couple of weeks ago, so forgive me because yeah. I don't remember much, <laughs> but I did the pro career and the motocross thing. Uh, I've never really been one for like the freestyle trick side of racing games. So I You're didn't not really listen much, but we'll get into that. Yeah. I didn't really touch <laughs> that or like the, does this one have an endurance category? Cause I know that the second it, one does. Uh, yeah, it's got it's got the cross country enduro. Yeah, I didn't I didn't touch that. <laughs> oh man, you're missing out. Oh my I'll bad. Talk about that later though. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I played through uh, pro career. I cheated. I used the best bike, um, <laughs> or not bike ATV, uh, and then I played through all of the other extra tracks. So I'm a cheater. <laughs> oh boy. That means all of your other opinions are invalidated. And yeah, the, the game was just kind of hard. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I don't even have the excuse of me trying to play it with a broken hand. I, my hand was fully functioning at this right, time. Right, right. So. <laughs> so speaking of 
you know, the game being difficult. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the me- mechanics and talk about why that is. Yeah, yeah. So this is, I mean, it's a, it's a racing game and it doesn't like, it's nothing like completely out of the realm of like what you'd expect from a traditional racing game. But there are like a couple like ATV related mechanics that kind of differentiate it from your standard need for speed or whatever. Um, it's, it's really reliant on, uh, I would say like at its core, it's all about maintaining your momentum rather than like fast acceleration. I mean, that's like every racing game, but it's like, you got to maintain your momentum through like multiple series of jumps and you kind of have to like memorize the course to kind of know when the jumps are coming. Is this like a series of three jumps or four? Like how many do you shoot for? Do you like try to like clear everything or just like kind of ride each jump as it goes? So that's kind of like where most of the the thinky part of this game comes from. <laughs> Very technical term is the thinky part. But yeah, I mean, like, what was your experience, like, diving into this game's, you know, very, like, limited mechanics? Yeah, um, was, okay, so the thing about, I feel like this game and the second game are super similar. So if I, like, accidentally cross my wires and, like, talk about, Mm -hmm. did this one have the same feature where, because I don't remember fiddling with it, where you could, like, adjust... Um, the stats of your ATV and like make it more uh, like the engine more focused on top speed or acceleration. Uh, it did have a, I think, I believe it had a little bit of that. I know it had like a handful of ATVs to choose from. Right. But I didn't really dive into it because my ATV was maxed out, baby. Oh, I yeah, didn't you didn't have to anything. worry about it. Right. Um, <laughs> I never really mess with any of like the, the tuning aspects of cars. Yeah. In, like, yeah. Any racing game that I play. But. Yeah, yeah, so from what I, well, what I was going to say, is I don't think, like, I mean, obviously from, like, the lowest tier ATV to, like, the maxed out one, you're going to notice a difference. But <laughs> I feel like between between the ones that are, like, within those certain tiers, there's no, it's more about, like, what color do you want? <laughs> like, because, you know, which, which one of the, do you like the purple one or the yellow one? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, I picked initially before I gave up and cheated. Um, I was using like, I think it was the fastest and like least, uh, or like lowest in cornering or whatever traction maybe. But yeah, I still felt like, you know, I can turn pretty tight. Like all of these ATVs like turn really tight. Yeah. I remember that throwing me off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like a real ATV kind of is, is like the impression I get is that it's kind of like slippery on like the, you know, on like the mud and everything. Mm. um so yeah i i had the same thing where i was like i was felt regularly surprised by how tightly i could make some of the turns i guess it kind of makes sense because just like how an atv is you know constructed where like the the two sets of wheels are very close to each other compared to like a car or something so yeah turning the front turning like both front wheels should turn you much faster i don't know yeah, that makes sense. I, it's hard to it's hard for me to tell if this is like if this would be considered like a more um like grounded simulation or if it's really arcadey. Like I don't know. <laughs> um I feel like 
I don't know, because I mean, the more that you race on a track, the more efficient you're going to be because you're going to figure out how to do certain jumps or like what mm-hmm. what amount of, I guess, power to put behind your jumps. I don't know what else to call it. That little like meter thingy. So I feel like it's not entirely. I mean, there's some skill, but it almost seems more reliant on like memorization. I don't it, know. I mean, def- I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I watched a I watched a speed run of this game and I was expecting to have my pants blown off, but no. I mean, it, it yeah, I think I watched pretty... the same speed run and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, it just seems pretty. I mean, obviously he's better at the game than me, but like, it is just like you know, really fine tuning the route and just kind of like committing that to memory, basically. Well, and also, I yeah, maybe gathered. like cutting corners a like a little bit here or there you know like yeah. like going out of bounds for a second to cut a corner and oh yeah i didn't watch it like thoroughly enough to see if there were any like fun out of bounds glitches or no if yeah cheats. if there was it was just for like two seconds not mm-hmm. not anything crazy but yeah how did you feel about the the tricks <laughs> when we did the uh, ssx episode i said that like tricks were like my favorite part of the game uh and that's because it had like a really fleshed out trick system and tricks were like baked into the um like gameplay loop where you do tricks to gain speed this is just kind of like tricks are there i don't even think i knew tricks existed whenever i played this game as a kid there's no real reason to do any of them from what i from what i gathered like no well aside from other like, than the, like specific... the trick specific yeah, yeah yeah like other than when it's just about the tricks Right. Um, and that makes it feel kind of like an afterthought, like just. Yeah, it does. Also, like landing them is like <laughs> kind of difficult. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just on like a regular track where there's not like insane jumps. It's pretty hard to like comfortably pull off a trick. It's just kind of there. Did you ever see the AI trying to do a trick and then like wipe themselves out? Oh, I didn't. Did you? Um. See, I remember that happening a lot in the second game. <laughs> But honestly, in this one, I don't think I remember seeing that. Yeah. I mean, like, um, the AI was, like, the the way that they were treated for, like, wrecks and respawns and stuff. Uh, I don't know if you got this, too, but felt very unfair to me. I don't know, like, how intense they tuned, like, the rubber banding and stuff to be. Um, once I cheated and unlocked the best <laughs> ATV, it was very difficult for them to catch up to me. But before that, I felt like... They tended to like clump up together. Yes, they do. So I would get passed by all of them at once. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, it was like what kept happening to me is like I would have this like lead built up and then I would hit like maybe two jumps wrong in a row. And by wrong, I don't mean I I wouldn't crash or anything. I would just like lose my momentum. And then they would all like swarm past me and just like leave me. And I would be like, oh, like that Mm kind of sucks. Like you have to be consistent and like hit everything correctly to not lose your lead. Um, And from what I gathered, the respawning for you as the player, like after you did a jump or something, it would, it would take you back to where you were last on the ground before you crashed, um, like in the track. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because, you know, you get put, you get put back like way far. Like you mess up a jump and it's like, oh God. Well, yeah, depending I've on how big the jump, jump was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I noticed on multiple occasions, uh, the AI wrecking 
behind me and then spawning in front of me yes so yeah they, they do that and then <laughs> and then they i think for like a split second they're like kind of like a ghost and they don't have a collision and then all of a sudden they get collision so they're you might like run into them and it's really annoying yeah 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 it also yeah. felt like they respond instantly whereas i was sitting there taking taking my sweet time to get back on the bike right well and so. also when you respawn you don't have the momentum that you had when you approached the jump before you wrecked so yeah, you're just kind of like yeah. screwed over and you have to like slowly climb over these hills while everybody else mm. is like speeding off and then it takes forever to get caught back up and then yeah mm -hmm. it's kind of it difficult depending on the track it can definitely be very punishing yes yeah uh you know if you're using a regular bike again not right the, uh, <laughs> not, the, not bike right. atv yeah <laughs> i think the ai overall felt a little too difficult uh, for my liking <laughs> but maybe i just sucked at the game uh how was it for you um i don't know how to describe this i feel like the more you play the game the less i mean like the, the obviously the more familiar like i said the more familiar you get with the tracks the less times right. you're gonna like have issues and like lose your momentum so mm -hmm. i think it, i think it can be like overly punishing to new players but maybe kind of boring to really experienced players yeah because if you get to a point where you just leave them in the dust every time, because like you know the game so well, uh, I mean, like, is that satisfying or do you get bored? Because I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's at that point. I guess it's like you're competing against yourself for time. Probably, yeah. Well, because yeah. doesn't it have? Did it have? Did this one have? It has like trackers? high scores. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. I was gonna say it had like high scores for certain things, like longest jumps, fastest laps. Mm -hmm. Um. But I don't, I didn't personally get a whole lot of satisfaction from those. <laughs> yeah. For, I mean, like, I love um, in like regular games, like perfecting, uh, you know, of the games I love, like Celeste and stuff, like trying to perfect and like be faster than I was previously at it. Yeah. But honestly, for a lot of racing games, I don't love like the repetition of really mastering a track in the same way. Yeah. I don't know. So I, it doesn't speak to me in that sense. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like if they had, you know, like some use for or like some like, um, so like if like the records, so like, let's say like fastest lap or, um, you know, like longest jump, if they had like some sort of achievement reward system tied to those records, I think that would make it, you know, you would care about them and want to like beat oh, them yeah, like yeah. oh if you complete a lap within this certain amount of time you unlock like maybe a, a new skin or like big head mode or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that'd like, be cool i think yeah. cosmetic rewards would be really cool yeah well because that's already like kind of in the game but if you like lock mm -hmm. the really cool looking gear behind you know like gameplay achievements i think that that would might make it more engaging <laughs> yeah i i could i could definitely see that but i think as is it's locked behind like, is it a point system or something? Uh, to unlock stuff? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, because I had the Because you cheated. <laughs> um, well, from what I... It was my understanding that you would do, like, the career mode and, like, get points for completing, like, the competitive championship thingies, and then you could use that to unlock stuff. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't even... It didn't even occur to me to like check for like 
new gear because I liked that the gear I had matched the bike. Oh, uh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I was like, looks good to me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, new bikes and stuff. I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about it. So, whoops. But uh, that's all I have to say for the mechanics. Okay. Do you have anything else? Nope. All right. Let's move on to tracks and course design. So the game is broken up into four like categories of events. You have the Maxis Nationals. I've only read it. I've never heard it. So I assume that's how you say it. Yeah, it makes um, sense to me. Yeah. Stadium Supercross, Freestyle Competition, and Cross Country Endurance or Enduro. So, yeah, I mean, like, of these four, I know you didn't like the freestyle competitions, but, like, no. what was your favorite? Uh, Probably Maxis Nationals, just because mm-hmm. of the, like, location variety. And I I, yeah, I yeah. always liked it when the tracks would include, like, props of some kind. I mean, even yes. if you don't, like, really have anything to do with them. But I think there's one that has, like, a ski lift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite scenery-wise was, like, the red, the red rock. Was is it, it Grant? Is it Canyon? Yeah, something. Well, Red Rock Canyon. Well, I mean, that's a that's a location in New Vegas. So I don't know. <laughs> it's actually called Red Rock Canyon. <laughs> but I want to say that that's what it, it was like Red Rock something. Okay. Um, And that was my favorite, like scenery wise, because it was kind of fun. I agree. Yeah. Like at least. uh, So like the Maxis Nationals compared to the Stadium Supercross, which the Stadium Supercross is like, like an in arena, like dirt bike or yes. atv track um so it's all very visually similar like all of those races and i definitely liked uh how the maxis nationals like moved you from location to location and like had like you know just different scenery even if it like you know was the same tracks and stuff it felt like the maxis tracks were like way more in like crazy like they would have some crazy jumps and stuff like that yeah yeah stadium supercross stuff felt more tame to me it felt more like realistic almost yeah except the the hyper like the super pixelated flat crowd was like cracking me up just because oh yeah yeah. (laughs) that's definitely a thing of this this time yeah um but i think overall my favorite was probably even though i did i feel like it wasn't like super well realized in this game I really like the cross-country uh, enduro races. Like, how they are in this game, it's essentially five, like, s- fairly large maps set in some very creative places. I think that those maps definitely have the most creativity as far as, like, location and, like, things you can interact with. Like, one is in, like, a train yard. One's on, like, a airport slash military base um, one has like all these pipes and stuff that you can like drive through. So there's oh, like a lot of, I think I remember seeing the pipes. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're never really like worked into any of the events and stuff. Um, any of like the, the pre-made events that are there. Cause you can like set, like, do you want a short race, a medium race or a long race? And then it'll have like checkpoints and stuff generated yeah. throughout. But, uh, they don't really take advantage of like all the cool stuff in each location. There is a map editor or waypoint editor, um, which is kind of janky. You kind of just drive around and drop. um, Oh, checkpoints. Okay. And that's funny. It works and you can like save it and stuff. Yeah. Um, But you can't like, like I was trying to make a course where I had to drive through the pipes on this one, 
on like the the track with the pipes and stuff. Yeah. You can't like set it to where you have to do that. You kind of just have to like that would pretty much be limited to you playing with your friends and just agreeing to all go through the pipes kind of thing. Oh, would the would the waypoint would it just like work if you drove like underneath it or something? Yeah, you could just because like, oh, okay. you couldn't like set it on the pipes and the pipes would kind of go up into the air. Um, OK, so you could kind of just like hit the first checkpoint and then just like drive around to the, <laughs> the end of the pipes. Well, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that it didn't wasn't able to like recognize that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of sucks because like it's there. Like right. but they didn't really utilize it. Yeah. And it's like clearly made for you to drive on. It's right. <laughs> or at least try to drive on. It wasn't perfect, but yeah, stuff like that not being like super well realized kind of sucks. I definitely prefer Max's just supercross and freestyle competitions just like don't even matter. Um yeah, because they're just kind of like I don't really care about the trick system in this. And all of those uh, freestyle competitions are like limited to just the cross country tracks, like the big open world sort of playgrounds. And I would have liked to have seen there just be like a race mode and a trick mode or something for like every regular track as well. Just yeah. to give it something. Right. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to progression then. We touched on this a little bit before, but fairly limited in like what you can unlock as far like from my perspective having the best bike in the game it was essentially just me going through pro career to unlock all the tracks which i don't feel like you should have to do personally Uh, (laughs) i don't know how you feel about that but Uh, i don't like unlocking courses yeah Yeah, i like just having especially for this type of game this feels like a game that you don't want to like have like i don't know you just want to pop it in you know, you bought the game, just pop it in, play whatever course you want. You don't want to have to, like, work your way through, like, a gauntlet of... Well, especially if you, like, bring it over to a friend's house, you know, and then you pop yeah. it on their system, and then it's like, oh, wait, we can't do the cool stuff. We have to... Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, you would have to have a memory card with you at all times. Yeah, uh, that would suck. At all times, whenever you needed to... Yeah, in, to in your back pocket. Your... <laughs> Stick it in your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't. I like unlocking like cosmetic stuff, especially, and I'm kind of fine with unlocking like ATVs and stuff. But I really wish all the courses were just available from the get go. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. There is a cheat code for it, so eh, it's like kind <laughs> of a thing. You can kind of just unlock all the courses, but right. But I back in the day, if you had dial-up internet connection, you would have <laughs> had to waited like 20 minutes to get your cheat codes. Or you would have had to like buy that cheat code book from right. like, the Scholastic Book Fair or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have any like hot takes on the progression in this game? No, not particularly. I mean, also, yeah, the, my my only point would have been the same thing about the courses. Just like I said, for the sake of like, you know, like I said, you, you want to be able to, especially if you're doing like multiplayer, you want to have access to all the content right away. Exactly. Um, one thing I thought was weird was after you complete your pro career it just like deletes that save slot so it's like yeah you finished it all right that's it here's this cutscene. goodbye <laughs> you know i like, don't i don't think i realized that which is very odd <laughs> i would consider a major component of this game and other you know sports slash extreme sports games like this uh to be its soundtrack and this game in particular 
has what I consider to be a pretty like all round, very solid, very few like low points soundtrack. Very nostalgic for me growing yes. up in this era and hearing music from this time. But yeah, what do you? How do you feel? So, like we said earlier, um, I played the second game. Like I never had played this one before. So, like my nostalgia is definitely more for the second game soundtrack. But this one is a great snapshot of what like rock music sounded like <laughs> at yeah, the time. Yeah. Like it's it's like a a very good cultural relic of some kind, um, and I love it for that reason. It, what what would you say like the overall because it's like rock but there's also like some metal which I uh, believe it's called like new metal yes but yeah I, that's I exactly what you would call it yeah it's new metal yeah yeah and then like there's some like sort of punk vibes that I get from certain songs as well yeah particularly like uh the strung out songs Scarecrow and uh Mephisto is that what you say <laughs> yeah yeah that's how you say it yeah 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 those felt like more punky to me just like with the vocals and the instrumentation and stuff but uh yeah before we dive too heavily into the soundtrack i just want to throw out a little disclaimer i am a musical idiot so i don't know too much about anything oh i don't uh, either working, yeah <laughs> we're we're not like super familiar with like musical terminology bands, yeah or different bands music genres yeah we I love music and I like analyzing music to some extent, but I don't analyze it to the same degree that I analyze like other things that I like. So right, yeah, and like like I said, I think <laughs> I think a big hang up with this is going to be the terminology because it's like oh, I like when that song makes that noise, but we don't know I what like... the noise is called. <laughs> <laughs> I like this section of the song. I don't know what it's called. Right, chorus. I don't know maybe? what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um. I don't know exactly how we should tackle this. I listed every song and then just kind of like a quick few takes that I had listening through it. Yeah, I uh, guess maybe we can talk about, I don't, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to be able to differentiate between most of these. Honestly, the soundtrack, it's very good. Um, it's very good. But it's hard for me to recall distinct songs because a lot of, like, a lot of them have a very, very similar vibe. Um, yeah. And that makes it a good I, cohesive soundtrack. Um, I've kind of gotten to the point where I think I can differentiate. I'm very familiar with it now because I'm pretty sure that I have listened to the soundtrack for longer than I played the game at this point. Yeah. Like that's really I funny. made my own Spotify playlist of all of these songs and it has been it has been a mainstay for these past few weeks. So, yeah, well, that's good. um but yeah so i guess yeah if you just want to talk about like i said i don't remember all of these so i'm not i'm probably not going to be able to speak to i definitely know what my favorites were and i have two of those so let me pull up spotify and just get a little taste of each song before i talk about it all right atlanta that's the first one right atlanta yeah oh it's kind of this atlanta has like garage band vibes like this is just a loud garage band having fun yeah i'm i'm kind of like ignoring my own personal tastes and stuff whenever i'm thinking about like what is and isn't like a good song for atv off-road fury it's kind of like whether or not it fits the vibe like i want something a little grungy i guess right a little little dusty and dirty i want a dirty old song in there um (laughs) It's be like a little, little intense and stuff. And this is just like, it, it checks like pretty much all of those. Like right, it is right. very appropriate for Fitting. Like 
It's yeah. very fitting. Yeah. Um, now, this is not too much farther down the list. Click was my favorite. Yes. Um, specifically, I think because the bass line has kind of a groovy flair to it. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not like straight through the entire song is not like hard rock song. It's got like some electronic sort of yes. like synthy stuff going on too. Yeah. Which I like. But whenever it like picks up, I'm like, this is just so ATV. Like this is like, this is this is like the go-to song for me as well for yeah. this game. And that was Click by Ultra Spank. Yes. Uh, Ultra Spank's second song on this Crumble playlist does not resonate with me in the same way. It's definitely one of the songs that leans more towards like metal and like it's not screamo but it's like the metal with the screaming again this is where our lack of musical knowledge uh sort of uh hurts this conversation but Um, that was less this this is my least favorite song personally yeah i i feel like crumble almost sounds like the beginning sounds almost a bit too samey to click um Mm -hmm. and Screaming does not well because Sage likes <laughs> Sage likes screamo and like heavy metal, so I I think his music taste is kind of like rubbed off on me, or at least made me like more able to tolerate that sort of a thing. Um, I mean, yeah, but I definitely like Click better. I don't personally like this song. Like, I wouldn't just listen to this heavy of metal, I guess. But yeah. If it, it just, and it doesn't really, pers- I personally don't think it fits the ATV Off-Road Fury vibe as well as. It's a little well bit as, too heavy. It's too intense. Yeah. You know, we're just racing ATVs, guys. <laughs> we're not like, we're not like committing homicide. Right. Like, this is, <laughs> well, depending this on is how you land vibe. on, you know, if you run over your opponent, <laughs> you might be. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I could, I could see myself enjoying the song inside of a different game, maybe. A zombie, a zombie thing. You just I put murdering. I put down doom. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just <laughs> something really intense. Yeah, but yeah, not not for ATV, off road fury. I see you had the same thought about anthrax. It's a little too intense. A little too intense, but the screaming is a little bit pulled back in a way that I can kind of okay vibe with. I was just gonna say it's a little quirky whenever they got like the the second vocal or like the second voice. I don't know if it's the same okay. guy or what. Around like oh. one minute forty seconds. You know who this sounds like? They sound like Nickelback. Like the the <laughs> oh, vocals sound no. like Nickelback to me. Oh no! Nickelback would be at home on this. I gotta be Honestly, honest, yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> um, would that die? And you said denial sounds dusty. Oh, dusty! This song is like very ATV off. Like you pull out the CD and just dirt. There's a clump oh, yeah, of dirt yeah. that falls on the floor. This is the this is the type of song you listen to in the desert. Yeah. Is industrial? Industrial, industrial. is a genre of music. Yeah. But like, is the song industrial? Let me... You can't spell industrial uh, without dust. I wouldn't call this industrial, no. I don't think so. What even is industrial music? Am I like way off base here? He, it's very... The, the vocals have like a very like gritty kind of raspiness to them. And I, okay. I don't know if that's adding to it. Okay. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't seem to be it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Fishbowl, Straw Horse. This was a never skip. Okay. Oh, this was... A, yeah, this was really solid. I don't, um, I don't remember feeling strongly about this one, but let me... 
I think it's, I don't. I like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one part of the song where it just really reminds me of SSX. I'm going to try to find that. Ah, these songs are so good. (laughs) Like, I genuinely like them a lot. Okay. Two minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. Whenever the music, like, pulls back. Okay. I'm fairly certain that's, like, a sample from, like, SSX. Not from SSX, but was used in SSX in some way. Oh. It just sounds so familiar. Yeah, it had, like, a synth, like, drum. It was kind of like a synth, the drum roll sort of a sound. Yeah, it sounds like when you're in the air in SSX or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the the dynamic, um, like, how the soundtrack was dynamic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this game could have benefited from that. I don't know how they would have possibly made that happen but well i guess that's yeah, made it happen so whatever <laughs> i guess you're not taking like as big of a jump yeah that's or, true or as big of jumps and stuff so i don't know like ssx is like very arcadian exaggerated so you're taking like massive falls and stuff so the i don't know the opening of isolate reminds me of nirvana yeah yeah grungy yeah. and stuff yeah it's grungy this this was the first song, like, it's not the first song I heard, but whenever I heard this song, it started to unlock all of these memories of these various tracks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Claire also was, like, seemed to remember this, so I think it was, like, just a popular song on the radio, maybe. Oh, or really? Something. But yeah, I really like this song. And then, of course, Jerry was a race car driver. It's yes. very different <laughs> from anything else on the soundtrack. Yeah, you said it was from South Park. South um, Park, yeah. so the band Primus that that uh, performs that like wrote and performed the song also did the South Park uh, theme, like the opening intro okay. song. I really like the instrumentation on it. Honestly, like it's it's, it's funky, very it's very quirky. Yes, it's very out there, and that's but. that's sort of like Primus's thing. Like all of their music is very just weird, but it also fits the game pretty dang well. Yeah, I think so. Like. I could see myself like wiping out on an ATV to this. <laughs> yeah, Mephisto and Scarecrow are the two strung out songs on this. Yeah. List. They might as well be the same song for me. I, yeah. I like them both, but they feel very similar to each other. Um, it's like a punky, sort of garagey sound. <laughs> um, it's got drums. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy on a guitar, probably. There's a guy on a guitar, probably. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about your sound garden loophole or rabbit hole that was probably spawned yes. from Spoon Man? So, like, I dove into, like, when I was compiling the, um, just the playlist inside of Spotify, when I added Spoon Man, I was paying attention to, like, the amount of plays and stuff. Whatever, whatever the Spotify metric is for like popularity. Yeah. I think it's like plays within like the last month or something like that. But I saw this one was like absurdly high compared to the rest of them. And I was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> um, and I was like, Soundgarden, that sounds pretty familiar. And then I was like, oh, there's the Black Hole Sun people. And I was like, I really like this music. It's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I listened to basically their entire uh, Super Unknown album, which is what Spoon Man is from. So Nice. I, I feel like this is probably the biggest band on this list. Um, again, not knowing too much about music at this time. Or it's at least the one that we remember in like by today's like modern standards, I guess. I don't know. Is, 
is Alice and Chains pretty big too? Um, oh, they're bigger. Sage, Never mind. Oh, I was gonna say Sage <laughs> could probably speak to that more than I could, but that sounds familiar, very familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah, just like uh, I check monthly listeners, and they are on the same level as Soundgarden. So. Oh, okay. But just slightly higher. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe are they still making music? Is maybe that part of? I think they might be. No, it doesn't look like. Oh. That. Uh. See, we don't know anything. <laughs> we don't know anything, guys. Yeah. Superfly, very punky. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Okay. I just it feels very irreverent. <laughs> Trying to get through an ad so I can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bass is like very low. Oh yeah, almost to the like, point that's... where it's crunchy. Oh yeah, it's like tuned so low it's like falling off the bass. It's right. Just like a loose string. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is. It's just loud and <laughs> gritty. It's a little cheesy at certain parts, but I really like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't been paying attention to the words at all. I'm sure they're dated. <laughs> Stop and panic. Oh. I like this song. I did. feels like it goes on a little too long. Yeah. I didn't like the robotic or like the weird sounding voices. It just feels yeah, yeah. upset me a little bit. I don't know how well it fits this game, though. Like, eh, it's okay. It, it feels it's fine, but I feel like it's it feels like it's from like SSX or something. Like, yeah, just like the it feels like very like remixed and digital, and uh huh. I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's necessarily the uh, dusty ATV vibe that I'm looking for. Right. So. Them Bones, you asked if it sounds like Pearl Jam or Am I Stupid? No, I think the vocals sound a lot like Pearl Jam. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> this song, I think, I think I said this about Click, but I was not thinking about Them Bones at the time. I think this, this is like, I mean, like if you were to scientifically measure which <laughs> of these songs is most dusty, this song is, this song is extremely dusty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This feels very appropriate to be like listening to while you're like riding through like some sort of like desert track on an ATV. Yeah. Um, and then there's Yo Future. Yo Future. Even more so than Stop and Panic sounds like an SSX song to me. I was going to say, I don't remember liking this one all that much. Oh, wait. No, it's all I right. I liked it. Oh, it has a, I like the drum beat. The drum beat's fun. Yeah. I take that back. When it gets going, it's like, this is, this feels, feels like a different song. I mean, yeah. like a, a different game. I mean, yeah. Paranoia does not have an. It's a song does not have an artist. Well, I, on my playlist, it's listed listed as APM Paranoia, but it's APM not APM Paranoia. Yeah, yeah, it's not on Spotify, so we don't really know where it came from. I um, believe APM is like the group slash. Oh, okay. St I don't know. I th I think this might be like music from the library or something, unless it was made for the game specifically. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, that one was one of my favorites because the intro drum beat was just so fun. Mm -hmm. And I liked that a lot. Oh, Everything You Are by Priestess um, is the last song on the list. And I really like it. It's very like chaotic and it's like it's like screaming, but it's not like metal screaming. It's like punk screaming, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just feels like very chaotic and intense very fun to listen to while you're like going fast or anything like that. So this is not on my playlist. So let me give it a listen. Oh, okay. I have to watch this State Farm ad first. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're not sponsored by State Farm, so they don't 
get anything. Just bleep out the name. They don't deserve to. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is punk. Kind of reminds me of Metallica a little bit. Real quick, I feel like if you were like a mu- if you're a fan of music, especially from this era, I assume it feels like us. Like if we were to go and listen to like a a gaming podcast from someone who barely understands games. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like this is a lot like um this is a lot like Mario, I think, uh with yeah. the jumping and stuff. So it's just like a platformer <laughs> and we're like, uh, you don't even understand. <laughs> Dude, this is so much like Mario. Like to a T. This is Mario. <laughs> Dude, I like I don't know, man. This song is just really dusty. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's not even a musical term, but it's just dusty. Okay, yeah. This Mario game is really jumpy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's just really colorful. Mario has a lot of colors. There's so many colors and so many like movements. There's so much movement happening on screen. It's crazy. (laughs) All right. What were your, uh, do you have like a top three? I see that you have two listed, but. Yeah, I was going to say Paranoia and Click were the ones that I liked a lot. Um, I also liked Spoon Man, I think would mm-hmm. be my third. I like Spoon Man a lot too. Yeah. Um, personally, I made my top three list as just songs that nail the vibe. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, Denial uh click and then them bones i think just are like the perfect songs to be listening to jamming out to while you're driving over all these inconvenient jumps you know trying to fight this very vicious ai or cheating and just destroying them yeah Uh, but yeah these are those are those are the songs that i think fit the game the best um crumble is like i said the only song i really just straight up did not enjoy did you have any that just kind of like stuck out in your head as like I'd skip this. Um, Probably. No, probably crumble. Or no, no, no. Um, The stop and panic. Yeah. Because the the electronic voice kind of like graded on my Mm -hmm. senses a little bit. It's also like an eight minute long song. Yeah. I don't know if it's cut down for the game, but it's very long on Spotify. (laughs) So, all right. ATV Off-Road Fury is a PlayStation exclusive franchise as far as I know. It was only ever made available on the PS2. I do not believe it was like a digital game on the PS3 or anything like that. Um, I assume that there's like a licensing oh, probably. issue there. That's probably locked like, up in all sorts of like red tape. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just like, well, first of all, the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. That's definitely, definitely a very possible component of that. But also like the fact that it was from rainbow studios when they were part of thq and then it was like shut i don't know like the the amount of times the stuff is transferred around is probably very confusing but luckily this game is this game is this game is dirt cheap very appropriate to be dirt cheap um it's like six dollars on ebay like (laughs) and if you frankly if you own a ps2 you probably have this just (laughs) look inside that collection uh morgan you played this on an emulator. Can you speak to that yeah. being a better or worse way to play? So I would say that for once uh, it is, well, it could be that my settings, like I just wasn't optimizing things as well as I could have because I didn't bother to like dig into what I could do to make it run the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I, I could be remembering wrong because I did this quite a while ago, 
but I think there might have been an issue with the graphics where I had to switch from um, using my graphics card to some like sort of like emulated graphics card. I don't know if that makes any mm. sense. I don't understand the technicalness of all that. So if I'm saying something stupid, please don't come after me. <laughs> um, but I basically I had to tweak the graphics settings because um, it wasn't compatible with whatever I had going on. Um, and then also with all of the when all of the AI racers were on screen, um, the frame rate would dip quite a bit. And so that was like an extra motivator to be better at the game because it's more fun when not as many of them are on screen because the game yeah, runs faster. Yeah. So that kind of sucked. That's funny. So if you can play it on a PlayStation 2, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, and most people probably can. I mean, price is certain. Well, if you have a PS2, price is right. certainly not a limiting factor in this. Uh, I assume this must be like one of the cheapest, most available PS2 games that are like in the in the market right now probably because it sold so well and there's so many copies out there mm -hmm. yeah one thing i want to speak to for the emulator um i believe that this game uses pressure sensitive like the analog buttons for like speed and stuff so i assume that you were just like stuck with like a full send every time um, oh i don't i didn't notice anything that felt yeah off i mean i usually was sending it all the way to i wasn't really like feathering my gas or anything like that there's no but need to really <laughs> i don't think i think at like a higher level you might want to have that flexibility yeah. for like precisely you know giving this jump this precise amount of gas or something like that but yeah that's maybe something to consider um yeah all right do we uh do we recommend this game morgan um yes i would recommend it um it also might be worth uh checking out as like a fun pastime with a friend or you know yeah. maybe if you both have some nostalgia um i don't think that you're going to get hours and hours and hours of entertainment out of this it's probably going to be like uh, maybe five max <laughs> yeah which is good i mean for if you spend like five bucks on it or if you get it in like a lot of other games i mean right it's, it's solid uh it's it's more of like a vibe for me i enjoyed the music even more than the game i think yes yeah um, same <laughs> so if you have any sort of like nostalgia for this like particular era of music or any of these genres you'll probably enjoy that aspect of the game a lot um if you're like a atv fan or like an atv slash like mx fan I think that there may be like better games uh, later on in the series, but I don't know. We'll get to that when we get to it. But yeah, I think that for the price and just like, you know, what you get in this package, it's, it's solid. It's definitely on the good spectrum of things. I just don't think it's like, you know, rush out and buy this game now. Like you must, you can't, you can't go, you must drop everything and play this game sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we normally like to like discuss um, what a potential reboot or um, next entry in like a series that we've covered could look like. And up until this point, we've covered dead franchises. This is the only franchise that is technically still going. Um, Which is so strange to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's technically like 
different. It's MX yeah. versus ATV, so it's kind of like a. But that is still the franchise. It's like st- still the developer and everything too. So I don't know too much about the newer games. I tried to dive into them a little bit, like I mentioned earlier. They've kind of been modernized in the sense of in like in like the shitty sense where there's like a lot of DLC and stuff like that, and the game like launches broken and things like that. So ah. That aspect of it, you know, that sucks. If, we could, if we could not do that, that'd be great. Right. But <laughs> um, I think that from my perspective, I would like to see them maybe tone it down a little bit. They've been diving into like um, like buggies and stuff, too. And I'm like, all right, guys, we've got, we've got two vehicles. I think that we've maxed out on types of vehicles now. They've also like tried some like open world type like they have an open world aspect in the version that I played, which was uh, all out. And I like that idea because I really like the cross country enduro races, mm-hmm. but it kind of just feels like an afterthought. It doesn't really feel like a very fleshed out hub world or anything like that. At least that's the impression I get from other reviewers and stuff. So I think my ideal ATV or MX versus ATV game, I guess at this point would be um, like a fairly large and varied um, like open world that you could like create your own races in. Cause I really like that aspect of the game too, is like kind of deciding for yourself, like um, like which terrain you want to tackle and like challenges and stuff like that. But also having a very standard, like the Maxis nationals and then like the supercross stuff um as well uh what about you i mean like anything to take away from this game that you'd like or i was gonna say i can't really i can't really speak on like obviously because i didn't play the more like modern releases Mm -hmm. that are technically from this franchise but i think um the most important thing uh to me is something i touched on earlier where it would be nice if there was more rewards for progression or like just more yeah. extra stuff that was unlockable as a reward for being good at it or like perfecting certain tracks, I guess, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I feel like um, that's dangerous in this current landscape. It'd probably be just like Fortniteified, where it just like, has <laughs> yeah. a bunch of like microtransactions and stuff. Oh, yeah. Know. No, that would, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, no, I don't advocate for microtransactions. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, a way to reward uh players for optimizing and and that sort of thing just to make you more motivated to do that i think that that would be good Mm -hmm. morgan this concludes our discussion of atv off-road fury i would clap i i usually clap at this point but i can know i can't i cannot clap right now so that's do you want me to clap snap yeah can you clap (laughs) i I snapped okay that's good enough that's everything for that. So what are we uh what are we playing next, Morgan? Oh boy, you can't see it, but I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm so excited. I have wanted to play this game since we first like threw out the idea for this podcast. I have been biding my time and waiting until we could play it. And that is Haunting Ground. Um it's a uh I guess you would consider it a survival horror game. Uh, developed mm-hmm. by Capcom, and it is uh, considered a cult classic and sort of a hidden gem uh, on the PS2. So that will be our Halloween special. Yes, I'm very excited. We yeah. must do a horror game every October. That's that's yes. that's a requirement. I was just gonna say, I wonder if this game was like developed by any of the team 
that would work on uh, Resident Evil, or if there was any crossover there or what. But um, I guess we'll, I guess we'll learn about that in the episode. Oh yeah, no, I actually do have some things that I can't say about that, but that uh, will be in that episode. So <laughs> you're gonna have to wait. Right. So uh, that's all we got for this episode. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the podcast is currently doing very well. Um, it's surpassing my extremely low expectations to a very high degree. Currently, we are sitting at 351 downloads in total across every episode, which is cool. That's neat. I mean, I wasn't expecting anyone to listen. I thought it was just going to be me and you talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's an average of 21 downloads an episode or 21 downloads a week, which is cool. You know, it's like, I keep checking in on like the uh, analytics basically monthly as we do the podcast and it's, it's fun, you know, see those numbers go up. Everyone's more drawn to like Jack and Daxter, which is That's understandable. Expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cause it was I on the, Julep... the, the best selling list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like definitely something people are probably more interested in. Yeah. But I mean, that makes sense. It's cool. It's a dead franchise. Like, there's no new. It's not like people are searching for the new Jack and Daxter game, right? Uh, it's it's just people wanting to hear about Jack and Daxter, which is cool. We should definitely cover like Sly or something as well, just to, like yeah, widen our reach at some point. Oh, I would love but to. We got to make that episode extra good. Gotta yeah, put some extra <laughs> juice into that one. But yeah, it's uh, cool that the podcast is like some amount of following slash visibility i'm not sure like how many people we're actually retaining or what but it is neat but yeah this is uh our monthly sort of thing if you want to hear more discussion on ps2 games subscribe or follow or whatever on that podcast platform uh and if you liked our discussion of atv off-road fury you could also check out our discussion of ssx and ssx tricky if you want to hear more talk of like sports slash racing games uh, expect a new podcast on the second of every month and you can find me on my personal youtube channel uh, pixel.wave and morgan you can you can find me yeah <laughs> you could find me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you really believe yeah. hard enough <laughs> i'll materialize outside your window if you if you collect like every um, Kingdom Hearts game physically and just like lay them around you in a circle, yeah, and complete you know, them like, all to one hundred percent completion. Yeah, one hundred percent them. I will rise complete from them. the floorboards uh, and then like sing that one. Oh, I will man. I will sing the opening. Uh, I will sing simple and clean for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, those are the two ways you can reach out to us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for this episode, Morgan. Anything? to add uh no yeah that's it I mean, <laughs> yeah goodbye all right bye <laughs>